This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds. Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you hot D nerds out there. I'm Joanna Stale Oaths Krupnik. And I'm Brian Messenger Not Warrior Plopsky. And we're so happy you could take a moment from your super cool fire map table to be with us today. Because today in the Nerdverse, we are headed above Shipbreakers Bay to give you our reactions to the season finale of House of the Dragon on HBO. Some housekeeping, be sure to head to the feed and check out all of our past episodes on House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power. And while you're there, by the way, that's not my bad accent. That's like how Waldrick says it. It's a power. It's a power. Um, No, really, I could say power much better. Uh, Check out our coverage of (laughs) She-Hulk and Andor as well. And pretty soon, Tales of the Jedi. You may be thinking, how can you keep up with all of this? Well, it's easy. Just be sure you're subscribed to The Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at The Nerdverse Pod. But first, as we start all of our episodes, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert for the episode we are covering today of Game of Thrones. Excuse me, of... um, house of the dragon uh we will be spoiling game of thrones maybe some fire and blood stuff um additionally we will be talking about some of the dc and marvel news that has come out uh so spoilers about that as well this is your spoiler alert alert um but uh let's let's just start talking about the uh the trailers and stuff and then we'll go through customs sounds good we got two right two new trailers we got two new trailers. We got the trailer for the holiday special and Quantum Mania uh, for the yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp sequel. Um, let's start with the Ant Man and the Wasp one because that came out first. Um, thoughts? What did What did you think of it? Um, so I've only seen it once, and it was on my um, it was on my iPhone screen. So it wasn't like I haven't been able to really pause it and look beat to beat. But it was definitely a different tone than the trailer that I think. Well, that pictures or the vibe was leaked and bits were leaked mm-hmm. from Comic-Con, which seemed really spooky and, like, intense. This one um, seems more, like, Guardians-y. Like, it's much more of a team-up feel. Um, it doesn't seem, like, quite as harrowing, but, I mean, it looks awesome. This is a big deal. Yeah, uh, this one felt heavy in the it, just in terms of like how much effect it will have over the MCU moving forward. Um, it felt really fun, you know. You, you you get a sense of fun with when when you see Bill Murray in something, um, <sighs> and uh, you know, it, just in terms of like tone, I should say what they're going for. Uh, I really yeah. like what's happening here. I have some theories on what's happening here, but I agree this was very different in tone from what a, they apparently showed. Um, previously um, at, at the conventions. 
which is more of Mike Sinister, more that um, Scott and his daughter have kind of a semi-broken relationship at this point. So I'm very fascinated and interested to see what this movie actually is. But as I mentioned, I know we're excited for Wakanda Forever, but I am looking forward to what this is going to bring to the beginning of Phase 5. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I mean, we've kind of been waiting for this for a long time, the Kang and being involved. So I'm just, I like, I don't have any theories. I don't know what to expect. I've read some interesting theories online that I love and I I would love to see that happen, but you never know. Do you want to share any of those theories or you I'm don't happy, think it's smart? I'm, I'm happy to. If you oh, share one. Them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you see in the trailer, like Kang's ship has those rings like mm-hmm. on it. Um, one of the theories I've read is that Kang needs um, Ant-Man, the Wasp, and and, and um, a stature and all of them to um, pull a heist to get him pieces to his ship. And the missing pieces to his ship are the Ten Rings and the Bangle. The idea, oh my god, that would be so cool. Because I because Kevin Feige has been quoted saying that like the rings and the Bangle... Um, like in all these items will will have a bigger effect on the MCU moving forward. That would make a lot of sense. Wow. I didn't think it was going to be so literal, but at the same time, it's not that literal. Those are huge objects that would incorporate a lot of other stories they've been telling. So that would be so cool. The old, I, I think it would just be the 10 rings first because the bang, because Ms. Marvel comes after this and we already know it's happening in Ms. Marvel ish. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's the case. I don't know. Um, yeah, the bang, the 10 rings got that. That's such a big deal. Like those are so those in and of themselves are, she are massive with like the gods and being around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So yeah, no, that would be really cool. Even if it's just Shang-Chi. Yeah. So we'll see. But, uh, I, I, I would just love to see Shang-Chi show up again, uh, uh, or, or something like that. But realistically, like I just I think this I think we're gonna lose somebody in this movie. I think that they're starting off ep, uh, phase five with the oh bang. I, even if it's just like Michelle Pfeiffer or Michael Douglas, you know what I mean? Just like, that's true. You know, like like they are they we love them and they're important to us, but like it, it doesn't matter if they're still in the MCU more or less. If that yeah. Makes sense. Um, because because Janet seems like damn it, Janet. It seems like Janet knows something more when she's like, "What do you mean it's a beacon?" Because she was in there for so long. Yeah, you know what I mean, maybe she like created some sort of a weird life there because she was there for so long. She knows the Bill Murray character, like, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm now I'm just spitballing. Right. Although, doesn't it feel like you're in there for no time at all? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it yeah. feels different for other people. I don't. I don't know. Well, it's gonna be wild, and I can't wait. Me too. I'm, I'm really excited for that one. And the, um, and the good, the goodbye Yelbic. Ro- Listen, I'm oh, yeah. over. I'm over them like slowing down classic songs that like have a little thing to do with like a, or a or a hook that has something to do with the movie or at least visually with the movie. This one did work for me. Okay, well, you're not talking about the Wakanda Forever. No woman, no cry. No, no. These okay, are the good. two that actually. That like, was an incredible one. Yeah, these are the two that actually worked for me. That, here's let me let me rephrase that. They always work for me. They are they're emotionally manipulative. Um, yeah. And, but I'm kind of just like I'm. I, but then you get some of the weird ones. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But like, I, I this one worked for me. Is what I'm saying. Um. Yeah. Me too. Again, it it 
we never saw the scary. I don't think we've seen the other trailer. So I'm curious. I kind of want to see that in full. Or have we seen it? I saw leaks of the. Right, but they end. haven't dropped it. No, they've not dropped it. I've watched leaks where Kang's a little bit more menacing in the trailer. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know yeah. why you wouldn't show us that one first because it's like makes it seem scarier. But yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, and then we got the Christmas special, Guardians. It's a holiday special, Joanna. Sorry, holiday special. Um, but it takes place around Christmas time, and they just say Christmas in the trailer. Um, it looks so great. <laughs> you know, I love these special presentations. I'm ready. You know what? I'm very excited for this for two reasons. One, James Gunn is directing it. And yes. maybe more importantly, as we've discussed here on the Nerdverse podcast, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy were so misused and there was just a missed opportunity in Thor Love and Thunder that yeah. I'm very excited to see James Gunn, who has a very spectacular handle on these characters or his version of these characters, um, just be themselves. And and this feels like more of a direct sequel to obviously Endgame than it does anything relating back to that because my back to Thor Love and Thunder because... I have one thing to say about it, but I wonder if you're going to say the same thing. So I'll pass it to you. Oh, probably not. I mean, all I took away from this was, and again, I only saw it once, was, I mean, obviously the Kevin Bacon thing is amazing, but yeah. um, was just putting these people on Earth and seeing and getting to see, I assume, we'll see Chris Pratt, Star-Lord come to Earth um, and like revisit his, what he's like been thinking about for so long. Mm. I'm just like so excited to see them pulled into that environment. That's just going to be really fun. Like just to sure. take these people and put them in our world. It's so basic, but it's going to be so funny and great. Yeah. Like, you know, we've seen it done in movies before, like the first Thor movie, like Wonder Woman. The first yeah. Wonder Woman. And it always works for me. me I mean, too. it always works. It always works for me. And I think James Gunn is going to have a great handle on like how that works in his world. Yes. And stuff like that. Um, but the one thing I will mention is that Groot is much older in this than oh, he was yes. previously, even in Thor Love and Thunder. So I'm wondering, one, how far after this takes place. And mm. I mean, I guess we could figure, again, we could figure it out because it's around Christmas time. So like, I'm sure we could figure it out. It could also be a joke where like, you know how when, you know, as a, as a boy, um, your voice like suddenly just drops. Yes, that's my So maybe it'll be thing. like a puberty thing where it's yeah. like, Jesus, Groot. Yeah, totally. That's what I think it would be. And we don't know how like it fast it takes for these trees to grow and whatnot. So um, yeah, I'm excited for that one. November 25th on that one, a little earlier than I thought it would be. So Thanksgiving weekend, I'm super excited for that one. Thanksgiving and thanks to that. There was something else that's coming up that week that's really big and I can't remember what it is. Yes, there is. And I, I don't remember. Um, well, there's a lot yeah, of Netflix no. stuff. There's like the Wednesday TV series coming out that week. There's some other that, stuff. I forget what it was. Um, that's going to be great. So speaking of James Gunn. Yeah. He's going to be, is it co-CEO or he's co-, co- He's co-CEO of like DC Studios or whatever they're calling it now. Which I think of that Office episode where, who was it? It was, is it Stanley? Someone's like, Oh, it always it always goes great when there are two CEOs. I love the Popes. Like when that when <laughs> aka it doesn't go it does that's right. dumb. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. But obviously when this happened, I was like, of course. I mean, Peacemaker was so good. So good. And they the need it. The Suicide Squad was the Suicide so Squad. Good. And after I have not seen Black Adam yet, but I've seen, you know, a couple of the big things that are sure. people are talking about. But like I've heard it is just 
bad. I mean, I've heard it. It's a good time. Have popcorn while you watch it, you know, that kind of thing. But it's just not – it's not good. Mm-hmm. So they just – they need – they need – they need their own Kevin Feige, and I think that's the comparison that they're making is that he's going to be that person. I don't think he can – I think he's he's been on inside the Marvel machine, so he probably has learned a lot that he will bring there, which is great because, honestly, this is all good for all of us because we'll just this get good for better movies. Yeah. Yeah. But he still doesn't have exactly the same thing on his hands because, you know, you have the Matt Reeves stuff going on yeah, in yeah. the DC world, and you've got – so it's not like everything is super aligned and you have the James Gunn tone that he has, mm-hmm. but you know, it's got to work on different levels and he has to assign directors to their strengths to do movies that will work for them. So, I mean, I, I think it's probably a, a net positive, but absolutely. Wow. That's a big job. Yeah. And also like the, the guy that he's CEO with, like has produced some spec like, He's been James Wan's producing partner for a while. So he's done like Aquaman. He, I think he did oh. Shazam. He also did all the Conjuring movies and stuff like that. So like he's he's taken some risks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not all those movies are straight down the line. Like a Shazam movie, an Aquaman movie, like the Conjuring movies worked out. Like you're you're building a horror movie around like this couple. Like that that's, I mean, that, they're amazing. And I'm glad we oh, have yes. them. But like Fair, I can yeah. imagine that being not like, the easiest sell, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So but I'm they have literally to, nothing to lose. <laughs> nothing to lose. Nothing to Absolutely lose. Absolutely nothing. So. No. And then because DC now is redoing their um, Green Lantern TV show that was supposed to be on HBO Max, they're like rewriting it for the eighth time. Um, wow. That's a whole nother thing. And then and you Flash have, is happening, right? I, I there's, as far they as haven't know. said anything else. And oh, then. Boy. And then obviously Batgirl, and then um, there's the um, the decision they made at the end of Black Adam, which we don't have to talk about here yet. No, we won't. But I mean, that always that excited to speak in code that really obviously excited me because I wanted something like that for a long time. Oh, it very um, it excites me greatly because that's my favorite. That's my favorite too. So it's bizarre, I think, in the context of the movie, but whatever yeah. the movie that. That it yeah, was I watched during. the final scene on TikTok. I'll see the movie eventually. Okay, I was spoiled because it was on Instagram by the sure. the the person himself. Well, he made an announcement, himself. right? And right. I saw and I saw that announcement before I saw them, got a chance oh, to see the movie. Interesting, interesting, yeah. So I was like, oh my god! But I mean, they were Justin X Y Z, and he was yeah, like, yeah. oh, you were just spoiled, and I was like, why? He was like, because that's that's Black Adam. I was like, oh. I, don't I, care. <laughs> I really like that movie and I, I i know i'm in well we'll talk we will we'll get we'll to talk it. when it's yeah. Yeah, yeah um all right anything else before we dive into the finale of um, house of the dragon uh have you watched any spooky movies lately oh yes i have watched oh gosh brian you'd be so proud so i watched hereditary whoa big yes. step joanna i know i i know um, so I was at an event and Justin, we were going to watch it. Well, you, I was you like, were at I'm not event, watching it. You ate some peanuts. You had to rush home. <laughs> yeah. No, didn't forget my EpiPen. EpiPen. Um, EpiPen? Um, I'm not allergic to peanuts, guys. I actually like peanuts a lot. Um, Justin watched it because I think we, we were floating through movies and he, he went ahead and watched it while I was at an event and he was like, I'm watching Hereditary. And I said, you're crazy. And he said, 
it's actually pretty good. I think you can do this. And I was like, I don't know about that. And he really kind of forced me to watch it, I think, because he just wanted to talk about it. Um, I think he was upset that the ending didn't live up to the rest of the movie to him. I thought it was kind of on theme. So I was like, okay, this is a weird ending, and that Mm -hmm. makes sense with the movie. But he, I think, really wanted to talk about it. So he kind of forced me to watch it. Um, But it was kind of nice to have him get me. I was basically like, I just have to get through this. I just need, I need to just make it through. So uh, there were times where I was like, is there about to be a jump scare? And he said, yes. So that was actually really a great way to watch oh, this movie. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you might want to close your eyes at this point. So I did watch the whole thing and I definitely was there um, in the room where it happened to me. But wow. man, that is a scary one. I love that, that was really movie. scary. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's really good. It's on the top of a lot of lists. Yeah, we rewatched it. So there, we did a talking horror episode on it. Yes, um, I know. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because when Jamie and I rewatched it, we fast forward through the telephone pole scene. I, I, I refuse to watch that again. The telephone pole scene. Oh, yeah. No, no. I think I, when I, I, while it was happening, Justin said, mm, look away. And then I said, and then I was like, describe it to me. And so he just said, okay, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh, my God. I just didn't – I saw Matilda with that actress. Oh, you um, did? I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that she would, you know, it, you know, I didn't know her screen time, her total TRT, total run time on screen. Sure. Um, yeah. But it uh, was – oh, God. And then, of course, he said as he was re-watching it for him with me my first time, he was like, oh, my God. Oh, I see what they did here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was literally about to say the second time through, the ending is 10 times more satisfying. Yes. I think he had that reaction, but he also was like, see, it's kind of weird. And I was like, I mean, the whole thing's weird. So sure. yeah. And also, what's her name who plays the the lady friend? Like, she's always terrifying from Handmaid's Tale. So I don't know how you put her in a movie and not be sus uh, of her. Yes. Ab one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So that was I. That was like a gold star for Joanna Krupnik, who does that not is, like scary movies. Joanna, I guess I do like that scary is movies. Huge. Because like, I know. Also, I think hot take here. Tony Collette one should have been nominated for. Oh, Academy she's amazing. Award good lord, she's, that. she's half the reason the movie's so good because she's so convincing. Agreed. Agreed. Um, she is absolutely, oh, and Dowd, by the way, is the actress's name. And Dowd, yes. Um, <sighs> but, uh, I just think she is so spectacular. The dining, the, the dinner sequence where she and the son are yelling at each other is truly oh like, forget about horror movie. It's an incredibly written acted scene. It's so, it's so good. And her face is just. And I, I love Toni Collette. And I, one of my favorite movies that she's in is like a weird choice, but it's The Way, Way Back. Have you seen The Way, Way Back? I've seen I it have. like 45,000 times. I have. With Steve Carell? Yes. It's yeah. like, it's my, it's a summertime movie for me. I know that, oh, you know, weird. like Steve Carell. Yeah, though. I know. It's so good. And they capture summer in Massachusetts so well. Mm. Like they capture the vibe of, like, you know, that town and you know what it's like to be that age. State? Is that your garden state? I think it is. I think it is. I I seriously watch it two times a year. I love it so much. It's short. I mean, Sam Rockwell, like, oh God, it's just the script's really good. Anyway, so 
you go, you get her like in that and she makes so much sense. And then you see her out of that context into this one. You're like, this makes sense too. And she's terrifying. Oh my God. I mean, she's, I mean, we, during the height of the pandemic, like the lockdown, um, we watched all, Jamie had watched already, but I watched it for the first time, all of the United States of Terra. Uh, Which I know she won countless times for. She's incredible in that. And on top of that, she's also, don't forget, she's one of the best parts of The Sixth Sense. You know, I've never seen The Sixth Sense. What? <laughs> but I know the end, so it's like, Doesn't why? Doesn't matter. No, really? no, 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 no. I, the other night, the, okay, the, so Jamie and I have been watching 101 Scariest Movie Moments on Shutter. I've, I've been following, yes. Um, and we've been really enjoying it, and The Sixth Sense came up as one of them. Um, and we were talking about our favorite moments from The Sixth Sense. And I, without spoiling anything, I actually started crying telling Jamie about my favorite moment from The Sixth Sense because of how it emotionally affects me. And it's the Tony Collette scene. Wow. Yes. So is she like the mom? Yeah, she's Haley Joel Osment's okay. mother in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that so, was a time. There was something else that came out big that year that I was always at the theater for, but I was avoiding that. Obviously, like I knew that was being played that was at like, Cider the room House next Rules door. That year. Cider House Rules was not – I was rated R, so I was not allowed to see that. Um, there was something else, but um, – Was yeah. that year also um, Show Me the Money? Mm, I don't know. I never saw that. Jerry, you never seen Jerry Maguire? I've seen Jerry Maguire. Oh, I thought – oh, yeah, I've seen Jerry Maguire. I didn't know you were doing a line from Jerry uh, Maguire. Well, no, that wouldn't have been – hold on. I got to figure this out now. Um, I'm looking at the 20, 2000 Oscars. It would have been, I think. Um, it might have not been an Oscar-worthy movie that, I was, that I'm was that i talking hmm. about, though. So I'll uh, have to look. Anyway. What was the year it came out? I'll have to look at Wikipedia uh, later. I, uh, the, the, what year The Sixth Sense came out? Yeah. Was that – you said 2000? No, no. The, the Sixth Sense came out in 1999. So the Oscars would have been in, like, March of 2000. I'm going to look what was playing at the same time the theaters as Sixth Sense because that's what I was always oh, like. Green I'm Mile not going into that, that year, maybe. Well, it wasn't that. This was a movie that was like maybe a chick flick or something. Oh, Spice but like, World? Oh, well, I was definitely I seeing know. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay. So then I watched, well, I rewatched Shining as I always do, just always amazing. Sure. I watched Dr. Sleep yeah. for your request. Yeah. Did you like it? Quite good. Yeah. I love Rebecca Ferguson from Dune and other, and other things. Um, I think her character was kind of wacky to me, but no, cool it was it was cool hat, cool clothes, great dreads. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was, that was that was that was a good one. That was fun. That, that was on the 101 scariest moments. The um, uh, uh, with Jacob Tremblay. That scene. What scene? When they capture the baseball boy. Oh yeah, that was awful. Oh mm-hmm. god, that was awful. Um, I probably closed my eyes at that point. Um. Sure. I watched Blair Witch out of the corner of my eye. Oh, yeah. Yep. Didn't no, know that go. happened in Maryland. Yep. Nope. I'm never go home. Mm. Um, and then I watched The Exorcist, which I've seen before, and I tried sure. the sequel, and it was unwatchable. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, and then I've been watching Str- Stranger Things has just been on, which I have to tell you. What if do you you're mean looking it's just been on? You turn it on. I turn it on. No, I'm oh, yeah, 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 but yeah, like yeah. I just have it. We have I've I'm in I'm in the final season already, and I think I started it on the television two days ago. Um, oh, just like playing. Just, yeah, because back. it's perfect spooky season. I mean, it really sure. is. It's just like a constant horror movie 
with also Halloween in big part of season two. So if you're looking for something to just have on your TV, like when you have a Halloween party and you don't want it to be like Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town or mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, which I still think is a Christmas movie, um, it's just very much a great thing. If, you, if you're not like having young children there, sure. it's a great thing to have mm-hmm. on TV. Just let it run. Totally. We, um, um, so that's been my exploration at this time. That's great. We um, that's really great. I'm really proud of you. I thank you. There, there are two movies that I can that I well three that I'm supposed to maybe see, and I don't know that I can do it. I don't think I can do us. I don't think I can do uh, um, Insidious though. That is on the top of a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if I can, oh I I can't do it. I can't do it. Sure. I mean, I just. I just can't do it. Well, you could build yourself up to it potentially. Oh, I don't know, I don't Brian. Know. I, I started doing the laundry incredible. the other day and I, I like looked over my shoulder. I just seen poltergeist and I looked over my shoulder and I was like, I thought like the Swiffer mop was like moving towards sure, me. I, sure. I, I'm too impressionable. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think, I think the three that you mentioned, I think poltergeist th- fabulous, by the way. Yes. I think you'll have the easy of the three you mentioned. My guess is that you would have the easiest time with us. Um, and what? Yeah, definitely. Compared to the Jordan Peele us. Yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. I think it would be easiest time with us. And, um, uh, what was it? Insidious. And what was the other one? Insidious and it. Yeah. Um, I haven't done Texas Chainsaw yet. I haven't done Friday the 13th though. I don't know if that's that scary. And I haven't done, there was another big one. Oh, and I wanted to try the, I can't do the watcher. As a person who's going to one day own a home, I can't do The Watcher on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I've, I've heard mixed things about it. You know Jamie's from Okay, that good. Town. Oh, God. Well, she and me can talk about our creepy towns, I guess. <laughs> um, and then, but The Haunting at Hill House you had talked about, or is that what it's called? Yeah, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. So maybe I could have those just play or watch them, watch them while there's still a nice sunny movie. Because, you know, all scary movies are like quite lovely at the beginning. And then it goes awry. So I'll sure. just turn it off at that point. Yeah, perfect. That's my, that's my feeling. Um, but those two are TV shows, so they're they're right. They would just be on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're almost there, almost the Halloween, and then it's going to switch to uh, Thanksgiving and dumb Hallmark movies real fast. So yeah, well, there's a lot of Christmas stuff too. Oh, like the the new Santa Claus TV show comes out in mm-hmm. November. Very excited. Oh yeah, no, the the holiday content can, it will never that that can can never come too soon. Sure. Um. Okay. Shall we go through customs? Yeah, absolutely. Before we just scare me to death and I'm not even in the dark right yes. now. Yeah. Um, all right. We are headed to customs. Let me see your identification. Hold on. Hold on. We are now entering the uh, Westerosi sector of the Nerdverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, here's my passport, and I have two, um, two sea snake canes. To see snake canes, and I will have uh, four painted and lit from beneath tables. Man, they're so cool. So cool. How pissed do you think he was? Um, what's his name from Game of Thrones that he didn't know you could like light it up? Jon Snow? <laughs> no. Um, oh, the B name, not Baratheon. Stannis? Um, yeah. I think he would have enjoyed that. He seems he seems like a serious dude, though. But he was like, man, I was like squinting. It could just put it up. Yeah, that's true. All right. So we did it. A, a, a season of Game of Thrones. 
um, Game of Thrones. Gosh, we're both doing it today. House of the Dragon. What did you think of this episode? And I mean, I guess the season overall, but we'll start with the episode. What'd you think of it? I thought it was an excellent episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that it really served them well to split up both sides of the story in these last two episodes. I thought that it helped with tone and pacing. Um, you know, I think it also ended with the side that most of us want to see succeed, um, despite everything that, you know, we may think negatively about them. Um, I am thrilled to see what's happening next. I actually really like how it ended in terms of, you know, we're getting to it and it really set everything up. I thought the acting performances were excellent, especially from Emma Darcy. Um, Mm. I thought that the transition of everything she went through in this episode from the miscarriage to um, the very end, learning the information that she does um, from dealing with her husband and uncle um, to how she handled herself in the war room. I think she was an absolute MVP of this episode, uh, how she talked to her sons before she sent them out. Uh, I just thought this was a really excellent episode. And uh, I, I, the tension that it built to, and then towards and what we got the themes that it was playing with. um, I think it was really great. I could use more character moments here and there. Um, but uh, I definitely thought this was a triumph. Um, I thought it was really excellent. And I like that this show is taking a little bit different approach than Game of Thrones did, where the penultimate episode was always the big action-packed one. And then the last episode kind of like laid the groundwork for the next season. Um, And I feel like this one, um, you could technically say that's what happened because in the previous one, like there was the big beast beneath the boards. And this one, it really did set up next season. But I I would say that, these two episodes were equivalent. And I think that this as one whole episode would have been an excellent finale and splitting into two really allowed us to digest it and feel what these people are feeling. Yes. You're referring to when they called it sort of the sister episode, like dual finale episodes. One was the green one was the black. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. I think Rhaenyra, Emma Darcy, their performance is incredible. I think, Rhaenyra is the MVP of this episode 100%. You know, it's it's very similar to Game of Thrones where mistakes and misunderstandings lead to these horrible, horrible fallout actions, which mm-hmm. happens in this show as well. Um, yeah, it was just... So for book readers, obviously we knew the Luke thing was coming, which was why I was dreading this episode just because I didn't sure. want to have to watch it. Because I as, as try as I might to not get attached to Luke throughout this season... Uh, when we got to meet him, I was knowing that it, it just was impossible. And like, ugh, it was just really moving. So, you know, he calls her perfect in the, <laughs> in like the war room, which is so sweet, especially because we've been with Rhaenyra for so long and we know that she's been privy and part of a lot of dark things and is far mm-hmm. from perfect. But it was just, I don't know. It was just amazing. I got a lot of Catelyn Stark vibes throughout this episode, actually, especially sure. the grief and the children stuff. Um, what did you think of the birthing scene um, with Damon, um, sort of with the council below? Okay, so I thought that scene was excellent because of a couple of things. <clears throat> now, having seen the whole episode. Watching Renera go through what she was going through. Uh, so there's, there's to me, there's three major things happening there. 
you're watching Renera go through what she's going through, this agonizing both emotional pain and physical pain. Um, the emotional pain coming from the learning of the death of her father and, of course, knowing that something is wrong and she's going to lose this baby. And on top of the um, the physical pain of losing this baby. And knowing that it's her gender, once again, keeping her out of this uh, process and like yes. she's not downstairs. Yeah. Exactly. So thematically, gender, her gender is keeping her out of this process. And once again, the men are conspiring against her, not against her, but like on her behalf at this case. Without her yes. present. Yeah. So there's, there's that drama happening. My favorite thing about this, and it's foreshadowing, is that her dragon is feeling what she is feeling. Mm. There's like this symbiotic relationship between her and her dragon whether it's real or just editing purposes, because that foreshadows the end, that these dragons are based on emotion. These dragons cannot be tamed when it comes down to it. And the two dragons at the end, when they are emotionally and empathetically connected to their owners, they they cannot t tell the difference between like playing and like teasing, like mm. aggressively teasing, you know, like trying to scare the other one and like actual war. Because, yeah. because um, Eamon's dragon has been through wars before. And so, like, you can't just, like, you can't just, like, half go in. Like, it goes in full. And then Luke's dragon um, is... Arax. Arax is just reacting to the fact that, like, his master is being attacked. So, like, I, I like that the foreshadowing from the that mid portion where, like, it is... You, you can't stop the dragon from feeling the feelings that the owner is feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that was really effective, especially looking back on the episode. Well, and that's a really good um, interpretation of that too. Cause a lot of people were wondering why there was the cut, the cuts between the dragon. I think that that was what I took away from it too. Mm -hmm. A little bit I took is because in the book, they really drive home that this, so she, she has her miss her stillbirth um, sort of premature, horrible miscarriage um with kind of with the the news of her father dying and her being usurped so it's similar but she you know it's it's it almost is like a creature that is comes out of her which so when they were showing the dragon face i was also like thinking about this mutation that possibly so that was that was going through my head too but majority was that that I think the dragons they're mm -hmm. connected and it's that that's a that's a really great interpretation. Um my I was, you know, I've been such a fan of Damon, but like this was a really hard episode for me to mm -hmm. still like Damon. Um the best, the most charitable, not that he deserves one, but the most charitable read I have for him not going to her, which was driving me crazy and they make a big thing of it like do you want to go like check on her like we can do this later was that maybe she has some like PTSD he has some PTSD from Lena's birth yeah. uh birth mishaps um but yeah I was a little surprised they didn't put a warning though at the beginning of this episode sure. with how graphic that that still birth was gonna yeah, be I mean but they don't they're I'm I don't know. They put one before the crown, like to watch Diana have an eating disorder. I yeah, just, but that's Netflix. Well, that's that's true. That's fair. Well, they do a lot, but before Euphoria, and that's drugs. Oh, that's generally. Fair. Yeah. Because, anyway. Anyway, um, it was very. It was. I'm just saying. I was like, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. As someone who has not had you know given birth yet, but pro but 
hopes to one day. It was just scary, and I know that it's sure. real. And I'm just wondering if there are people out there who resonated with that scene. I don't know. I, you know, it's just it was it was intense. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Pretty and again, it, it totally makes sense. It's like, I mean, I think it totally makes sense to be so graphic and and big with it because again, it ties back to episode one, which is like yeah. the womb is the battlefield. But and, it, and in in this case. It's very graphic. It, obviously, I don't think it ever needs to be that graphic. However, I do appreciate it. It, it set the tone for the episode. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, and and I think Damon in that I I read it as PTSD as well. Um, he's also considering like what he's lost. You know what I mean? In general, not only a chill child losing. Uh, I'm not saying this is an excuse. I, I'm just how I read it. Um, and then what I found fascinating is that when he threatens Rhaenyra uh, in front of the fire and starts to choke her. Oh, okay. We're talking about the, yeah, the Song of Ice and Fire mention at the end. Yeah. Um, uh, Because I'm just talking about like Damon's trajectory. Like at the beginning oh. when, when Damon is trying, and then, and then Damon, tr- Damon tries to lull one of the, the older dragons on the island mm-hmm. that has not been claimed yet. I mm-hmm. think that was interesting. Um, And then when, Damon learns of the prophecy that he had no idea of beforehand. Right. What was your interpretation of all this? Yeah, go ahead. So the choke. What was your like? What what are you, what was your read on first look? I just think that he doesn't know how to control his temper anymore. Like I think that like he doesn't know how to like talk it out or have a conversation. One, two. I think that I mean. He just doesn't I I think that was his frustrations of like not knowing what's going on and that like his wife is keeping things from him when like she realizes and then when he realizes that like she just assumed he knew. Um yeah. like he he kind of backs off from that. And then I, I you know it's interesting because then at the end I have a lot of questions, like how did he find out what he told Renera about the, the you know the sun and um you know and and then like i don't know it felt like a i wonder how much of like a hamilton moment that is like it's quiet uptown like we're just gonna we need each other we need each other to work make this like to, to not feel so much pain or something like that i don't know because then once he found out that like she knew she didn't know that he didn't know about the prophecy in the fire scene um mm-hmm you know, he, he got out of there because I think he, he was mad that he didn't know one, two, he regretted what he did. He realized it. Um, I'd have to watch it again to get a clearer read on that. What about you? Yeah. I see this moment. as just another thing. When I, when I, when I first watched it before I even sat with it for a second, I was, it was very obvious to me. First, I was worried that he just thought I married, I was supposed to marry this other dragon. I thought I was marrying you, this other dragon counterpart for me, and we were going to rule and be like this, like we're super similar. And here you are spouting this nonsense that Viserys used to do. So that was my first read. And then I was like, no, she I doesn't also- know about it because Viserys would never tell someone like Damon this. Mm-hmm. It's, he's too volatile. And again, he, as we saw him in Pentos, like he's better when he's out of the politics scene. He gets really horrible when he's around this stuff. So that his temper, as you mentioned, definitely factors into it. And he just can't, he just loses himself when the talk of war and fighting comes around in politics. But I think 
that yet another thing that he's been left out of from Viserys's life, who above all he loves more than anyone else. Mm. And then here she goes, like, you know, she's, she's in on something that, yeah, that he didn't know about. And that I think really shook him. I like him. your read too. I do a lot. Yeah. It's, it was, yeah, but it's hard because again, that violence is not, it's very confusing. And I, I really want to hear more about it. Maybe more interviews will come forth, but I'm just sort of like, that's, I don't know, just interested. And she didn't really seem shook about it as much as she was about the fact he didn't, he must not have known. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really, um, that was really interesting. Um, I think obviously this was spoken about a little bit after the episode, but to go back a little bit, you know, when she's crowned, like it was the pyre, the baby on the pyre, she wraps the baby herself, even though like the, you know, the healers or whoever they are, the seven, um, people are there to do it anyway. She does it herself. And that moment that she has to put the baby on the pyre, who would have been named Visenya, um, the name that she picked out for um, her almost brother um, was the moment that she's crowned. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it, yeah. So that was really, that was really cool for sure. Um, and then this whole, this whole thing weaving throughout with Rene, with Rainy, uh, with Rainies was really interesting. And how, I think, I think Rainies has been the, we. I love Eve best, and I think she's doing such a good job. But I think that the character's arc is kind of confusing throughout the entire season now. Like, she's against Rhaenyra, but then she – and, like, she's withholding at times. She is mad at Rhaenyra because she thinks she did one thing, and then she's – it's not her war, which, like, her kids are still very much involved in it. And then she goes and talks to Corlys and says, we are involved. I know she says it's not my war to start, but it was just like, I don't know. That that's been a little crazy. She Eve Best is doing a good job with it, but I think that that part has been written kind of confusingly throughout. What what do you have any thoughts on that? Sure, I think that Rainice is the most patient and level headed of them all. She's not willing to bend the knee to anybody without getting more information, and her mm. allegiance is to Driftmark. And her allegiance is to Corliss and, you know, and, and, and her she, grandkids and her grandkids. And she's not about to like bend the knee to someone when she hasn't gotten a little bit more context and information. And I think that has been the only thing that she knows and that we as an audience know is that a, she should have been crowned queen because we would have never been in any of these issues. And two, she understands the political drama um, from the outside as well. Because she's the one who was passed over. Her husband wanted the crown. She did and then kind of like just let it go. Um, she just wants to make sure that she's protecting her family. And, yeah. I, and, and you know, she is only half of the partnership. And so she wants to make sure that like Corliss is, that she, she they make a decision together. Or at least Corliss like leads some of that decision making and they could talk through. Because like in their conversations before they announced for Renera. I thought that was all fascinating stuff and really good. And then, and, 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 and Rhaenys also has a lot of hatred for Renera because of what yeah. she did to her son. But I know I was waiting. I was like, can we just clear this up right now, please? Can we just say yeah. he's still alive? Um, but no, I, and I love the stuff when she, 
when you make you kind of she kind of makes you think that she's like Corliss, like we gotta I don't know get out of here like do something and then she's like no no she sees that that Rhaenyra is the only yes. thing holding this also you know, realm together. One of my favorite things and there there are two things two speaking about this. Rhaenyra inviting Bela and her sister to the table was a huge yes, thing. Loved like, that. Something that Rhaenyra may not have been able to do with her own sons. Like mm-hmm. to like teach them and groom them into being better leaders and understanding. Um, uh, I love that she kind of invited those two girls to the table. That was much appreciated one. And that then was awesome. Two, if you, I love if you compare and contrast the two ceremonies um, of, uh, um, uh, why can't I think of the word? Uh, the, why can't oh, I think the, of? yeah, the um, coronations. Coronation, thank you. Or whatever. You have Rhaenyra's, which feels beautiful. It feels genuine. She's actually... With her, like, five people there. There but, should be a lot more, by the way, in the book, but anyway, it's fine. But also... But the thing is, those five people, those 25 people that are there, are more impactful than the whole sept dragon pits full of um, full of people. Because those people don't... Small folk. Small folk don't believe that... Don't, don't necessarily believe that Aegon should be king. Like, are just kind of like half-heartedly there. It's inside, away They're from forced. everything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Rhaenyra, she's... And, and then he has this false appearance with the Aegon's crown and the and Aegon's sword and all of that where she's wearing her father's crown it means more they're outside in the open she's surrounded by people who actually bend the knee to her and believe that she can be this person um yeah. all while kind of burying her her kid at the same time and i and and then um uh and then uh you also have uh well not at the same time but you know what i mean and then you also have, um, uh, uh, you, and then you all, and then that's followed immediately by Otto showing up and kind of like yes. giving her and her coming down on the dragon for pomp and circumstance. Right. Let's talk about that. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Uh, so, hmm, so I really like the scene. I did find it very bizarre that again, it's not, it's not Otto in the book, um, uh, sending Otto seems bizarre to me. I know, I know obviously sure. why they did for the parallels, but super strange. So what was your takeaway from uh, – finish your thought, but also what was your takeaway from the ripped page? What did you think that message was? There's a lot of ways to interpret it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe sending Otto wasn't the best idea, but I understand why they would do it, um, one. Two – I think that I think that giving her the page was meant to make them hearken back to the time when they were actually friends um, mm-hmm. and just like pull on her heartstrings a little bit, because I would argue that that's the thing that made Rhaenyra like think twice about it. They're both mothers. Oh, definitely. They're both kids. They're, they both were kids. They both went down different paths, but they are connected at a certain point. Um, and I think Rhaenyra made the right move by considering it because at least it like, it it even if she was never i think she was considering actually taking the deal but i think that at least not making a decision right then and there at least let tensions kind of break a little bit um and let auto get out of there and stuff like that so yeah i i understand 
Right. The Rhaenyra that that we've come to know, I feel like we would think that maybe she would take the deal. She definitely is not made to be that in in Fire and Blood. She that would she's she's a lot sort of angrier at this time. So I like the fact that because we've gotten this backstory with Alicent and Rhaenyra and we remember that scene it definitely is sending some warmth to recall like their love from their youth and their their times together. You know, Allison has just been seen trying to protect Rhaenyra in the previous episode. So I definitely think it's a good thing. Some people were wondering if she was like weaponizing like their past or something. Yes, I think she was. I think Allison, yes, but I think Allison was making one last temp- attempt to save Rhaenyra. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, because I, I think it's still a I, I weaponization she, of it, but she was yes. doing it for, for with good intent. Yes. I think she, she again, why send Otto? But like, she knows she can't trust what Otto's gonna gonna say, especially when she knows what Otto wants to do. She probably can't, she knows she can't trust his word or to convey an adequate sense of what Allison is trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I think the true message could just be flee. Don't trust what Otto says. Just take your family and get the fuck out of here. Because again, that story that she rips out is the story of Nymeria taking her kids and fleeing like this war of dragons. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, it could be like a cool sign sure. that maybe Allison's like, look, this is happening whether you like it or not. I'm just trying to save you and your family. Go. So it's, you know, it's devastating because I don't think she's going to go now. Um, well, no. I think she's here to stay. But like, Ugh, that was hard. And that was another reason why it's like, I know this season might just be considered like season zero for us next season, like pre-season one. But you get a lot of this stuff that, I mean, think of all the stuff we wouldn't have gotten. Well, we'll talk about that later um, um, as a whole. Something but, I would also like to say is I would never, ever in a quadrillion years remember that she ripped out that page without a previously on. Oh, yeah, I wonder if I would have. I didn't think about that because I definitely caught it on the previously on. Yeah, that's the only reason and I, I was knew like, what that meant. That's weird. That's yeah. The only reason so, I knew what that meant. Interesting. I had to I had to remember what it what the story was that she was ripping. But when I remembered that, I knew it was about Nymeria, and then I had to remember what happened with Nymeria. But yeah, so that that's very that's very true. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um yeah. Okay, so I really liked what Emma Darcy gave this great interview after the um episode where she was talking about how, you know, the birth and everything and all the hardships that have come, but she really, she's, she sees giving birth and sees having a family as like building her tribe. Or maybe that was an interview that she gave with Vanity Fair. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I think that when this scene, when she sends, when she doesn't send, but they're like, we can send some ravens. And then the boys are like, we'll go. It's an easy mission. Like we can do this. We're just going as going as your messengers and nothing else. It really was, ugh, I thought of Catelyn again with her boys. I j- it was just really, it was just really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you catching, as someone who didn't know what was going to happen, when were you like, this is bad? Or did you not know that this would be bad? Or did you not think it would be bad until you saw um, Eamon's big car parked in the driveway? <laughs> okay, so a couple things. One, the second that they were like, send them, I was like, oh, this is going to end poorly um, oh, because we God. have like 10 minutes left in this episode and nothing's yeah. happened Game of Thrones level of it. Happened. Right. 
So I knew well, that was the birth, but that was early. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Um, so that was that. Also, they kept saying, she kept saying like, I'm not going to be the first one to act. And I was like, Oh no. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I thought it was weird that she didn't prep her sons enough. Like there were a lot of factors that may have been in the case there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then once, and then obviously once they focused on Luke, like his journey, I was like, this is not going to go well, obviously. And, um, and then, uh, he still then, gets seasick. I know. And then the dragon, and then you see the huge dragon in the, in the lightning, which was awesome. So um, do you think Godzilla or do you think Jurassic Park? Godzilla. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was pretty scary. And then, and then once his cousin is there, you're like, uh oh. Um, uh, but um, and you knew. Did it, it make you want to put a sapphire in place of your eye? If I had to, yeah, definitely. Definitely, that was a very glowy sapphire, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, lightning, um, you know. Um, and and yeah, I did not know that was going to happen because I don't know. I have I have purposely not read like what's going to happen. Yeah, no, and I think it's great you have it because again, it gives a great perspective as to what it's like if you don't know yeah and, they, and um, they, the thing is they don't always follow it they don't always say exactly what happened for instance in the book well yeah um it yeah uh, uh the the stuff had this guy been calm prince luceris might have been able to outfly his pursuer for eric's was young and swifter but the day was as black as Prince Eamon's heart, says Mushroom, and so it came to pass that the dragons met above Shipbreaker Bay. Watchers on the castle saw, uh, watchers on the castle wall saw distant blasts of flame, and heard a shriek cut the thunder. Then the two beasts were locked together. Lightning crackled around them. Vagar was five times the size of her foe, the hardened survivor of a hundred battles. There was a fight. Oh, if there was a fight, it could not have lasted long. And then it says like that they found people on the shore the bits of yeah so mm-hmm. i have to say when they go to flight and you they have that moment of being free from when he's above the clouds above the storm mm-hmm. you know you it's like i thought maybe they weren't gonna do it this way so i was just the, my point is even as a book reader you don't always know how they're gonna interpret or choose to interpret the events. So mm-hmm. I kind of was excited. I was like, oh my God, I think he's not gonna die. I'm not gonna have to watch this happen. And then chomp. Yeah. Um I like how they did it. <clears throat> like we mentioned before, I like that. So what I read, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, is that in the books, um it leaves less ambiguity if Eamon did it on purpose or not. Like he absolutely did it on purpose in the books. Here I love that they that they gave Eamon the little bit more depth in terms of like the fact that like he actually didn't mean to do it, but the dragons just like followed the empathy as we talked about of them. So like while he didn't like he he tried to get Vagar to stop, like that doesn't mean anything. You're still wild animals, like when when it comes down to it. Yeah, they're still wild animals. I think you're right. I think because they've been coloring these characters a lot like more uh, complex throughout the whole show. Yes. I think it's safe to assume that it's very clear that, um, that Baratheon is like not under my roof. You don't, but do what you want outside. Mm -hmm. 
and then he goes after him. But I don't. Yeah, the book is it's a lot. It's a lot more kind of cut and dry. But I'll be curious. It's very yeah. What's very clear here is that he knows even if he doesn't really care that he killed Luke like that. I think he still knows that this is going to have huge repercussions and that he is going to be having to answer to his mom and to Otto for starting it like this. I mean, this is like went way too far. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll be, but they definitely want you to see that Eamon, which I like, I like this uh, because it's more interesting for him to be like, Oh, didn't mean to do that. It's absolutely more interesting. Yeah. Um, I also got lots of Millennium Falcon um, vibes when he when Eric's like goes into the crevices. Oh, definitely. I was like, just stay definitely. down there, bro. Just stay down there. You're safe down there. That thing can get you. Um, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, that was just. And then you know, Brathing can't read, which I really loved. Um, that was a great touch. That was a great touch. So yeah, and then we we assume word has gotten down to Damon at least, and Damon gives the news to Renera. Mm-hmm. And then we get Emma Darcy's fabulous, fabulous face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I think it. It was. Um, I I thought that I thought this was what they were trying to get to. So that's why they had to skip bits of what they were doing throughout. Um, but it really. But you know the day the Damon stuff. Um, I, I love seeing Rainey's. Being like, I'll get involved. Like, she offers Maylise. Because at first, Damon's doing the dragon math and is like, we have Maylise and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, you don't have Maylise. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided what I'm going to do with Maylise. And then she's like, I'll take Maylise and I'll patrol that area. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, really strong finale. But yet, yeah, I can wait till the next season. Like, it, it didn't... I know that Rhaenyra is upset and I know she knows. If they had ended it before Rhaenyra found out, I would have been like, can I just see her reaction while sure. this is fresh? The, the reaction and what's going to Yeah, the reaction what's going to come next was very satisfying from a narrative perspective. Um yeah. and I'm excited for the next season. I I am listen, the bottom line is I thought the first half of the season was a slog. I thought the second half of the season was spectacular, but I think I like see the second half of the season because of all the backstory we got played out in see, um, the first half, of course. Um, I can't wait for this show to come back at this point. Um, I am if if they canceled Rings of Power at this point, I wouldn't care. Like that. Well, they didn't. So no, sucks to be you. No, no, I'm gonna watch. It's fine. But like, I'm just in terms of like excitement for another season. Um, yeah. This this one is the one that I, I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to what's ha- going to happen next. Absolutely. Oh, and I, uh, two other things I want to say. I really liked uh, the, the choice to send the boys was also really powerful to me because I just thought of her as as a kid, speak of the, the earlier episodes, being like, let me go and let me go talk to get that egg back from yes, Damon. Yes. And he didn't let her go and she went and it was fine. And this was now her being like, no, my kids want to go and I'm going to let them help me and it does not go great. Yes. So, and then I also thought of Danny's dragons during the battle scene at the end between the two because it was like those dragons were so young and they were not ready for the world that they had come into. Danny's and you they mean? Danny's dragons, yeah. And like you know, and it didn't it didn't go great for those little dragons and I felt I felt that with little Eric's as well cuz he's just so small and again, they're just even though they're dragons, they're 
they're not as mighty as as other dragons and again they just uh, have minds of their own so that i just thought about that when i saw that little dragon like oh my god it was like it was really sad mm-hmm. to see it's like pieces falling through the sky yeah oh my god so yeah i think I, I think we wouldn't have got if we if if they had not done the prequel kind of stuff you would not have gotten all the amazing Viserys that we did, which honestly had such a good payoff. Yes, agreed. And yeah, and you wouldn't have seen the Damon Rhaenyra relationship, which I don't know that necessarily is a big deal yet, but could be. Um, and I just think seeing the Allison Rhaenyra stuff is just like really yeah. important because otherwise it is just such a cut and dry black and white, just like two bitchy ladies. I think you mean black and green. Show. Black and green. Two, but you're exactly. So, yeah, I was I was a fan, um, and I'm I, there's there's so much like there's so much more to talk about. We're just touching the surface. I mean, that whole lullaby that Damon does that's like a whole other that could be a whole other hour podcast. But for our purposes, we're just sort of covering our reactions to it. I think. Yeah. I think that does the trick. Well, nerds, he never told you, did he? We hope you had as much fun as we had, and we hope you'll join us next time for Episode 8 of Andor and Tales of the Jedi. As a small universe and a multiverse of other nerd verses, the subscriptions, follows, and reviews are super important for us to grow. So be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the We thank you so much for listening and following along. Please keep telling all your nerdy friends about us. And remember, hope is the fool's ally.